when I'm with you, I like it is wild thoughts. Wow, wow, wow. I don't want to sing anymore. What was I singing a second ago? I was singing Boosie, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I pull up at the club in. Wait, no, no, that's not. I'm not going to say pull up at the club. I N D E B N D N T. That's not how I go. Mm. How did Boosie pull up to the club? Why did Boosie look so excited to be at the awards? Freedom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up freedom. We understand what liberated bodies mean. Sweetheart, I wish I had a better song on my heart, but I don't. Um... Help me now when you love me. All right, go ahead. Start the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Who Wake and Make We Be Mo Shababa. I am your Emmy nominated host. Hey. Okay, you hear me? <laughs> we lost, but it's okay. We lose all the time. <laughs> I'm your Emmy nominated host, Brian Bimo Brown. The good folks always remind me to Bimo. I'm your culture analyst this morning, your theorist, your conspiracy brother. It's me, your man, man's a hundred grand. I'm sitting here with the, uh, uh, if I'm a hundred grand, I'm sitting here with my diversified portfolio. Okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> the IRA of, is IRA? Yeah, the IRA of my life, okay? Make sure we say good morning to the lady of the house. Hey, y'all, good morning. <laughs> hey, sweetheart. It's for that. How you feel about being my IRA? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Be my Roth IRA. <laughs> I don't want to be your retirement account. <laughs> you don't want to be my retirement account? No. Man, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. See, you want to be my high risk <laughs> uh, asset? That's you want to be. You want to be my uh, my GameStop? I could be a high risk high reward. Okay, for sure. I yes. Be your, your high risk low reward. No, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure, you could be my. Uh, my gold dividends, if you will. Yeah, that works. I'll be uh, your gold bullions. Oh, bullions! <laughs> my gold bullions! <laughs> Sweetheart! <laughs> How you feel this morning? How you feeling? Pretty good. It's the, uh, Oh, good. Good. It's what? I was going to say, it's a nice day. It's, yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> you know, yesterday they said it was going to be a torrential downfall. Hail. Hail the size of my face. <laughs> flooding in the streets. Tropical storm. Yeah, go get the ark. Get two animals that you haven't met before. It was dry as hell yesterday. <laughs> Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Wonderful hot. day. Goodness gracious. Not a not a, uh, uh, a rain cloud nor rain drop. <laughs> Didn't even get windy for real. No. Uh, we do have a couple comments. So. Oh, who we got in the house this morning? We want to say good morning to the people in the house. Good morning. We got Maurice, our from the black market. Okay. Good morning, hey, good Maurice. Morning. Um, Creative District Maurice. DC. And you say who now? Creative District DC. Hey, what's up, Creative District? Good morning. Your friend Charles and my friend Charles. <laughs> That's your friend. Yeah, Charles, my friend now. Charles, right. he came through with the liquor. Oh, yeah. That's Charles. Hey, Charles. Yeah, what's up, Charles? <laughs> what's and up, Charles? Marcellius 
ab underscore i b e. Okay, for sure. What up? What up, Marcellius? And women right too. Women, my home, my home girl, Erica. Good morning to you. How you feeling? Oh, and then Drew on YouTube. Drew, good morning. How we feeling this morning? We doing all right? We got. Oh, I was gonna say they said the same thing. Uh, was it Creative District DC and Drew both said he pulled up VIP gas tank on E, but all VIP gas. <laughs> look, man, Boosie on bail and <laughs> went to the DT Awards and had him a time. Okay, I just see this nigga stomping on chairs outside <laughs> dancing. Nigga, you are fifty years old. Right. <laughs> I digress. Good morning, y'all. We have some we have some great topics we want to talk about this morning. Uh, in the B block, we're going to talk about this conversation that's happening, uh, this war. I want to say this war, but there's a battle that's happening through art. Basquiat versus Jay-Z. My man x Pain Art on Instagram provided an interesting perspective, and I want to double down on that perspective and play a little, play a little hypothetical Afrofuturism with y'all this morning. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about this morning... Uh, Juneteenth has passed mm-hmm. um, and I love Juneteenth Juneteenth is my shit I could do Juneteenth every day all day alright today could be Juneteenth I'm ready to do it again maybe I need to breathe a little bit though I still ain't got paid from the last Juneteenth oh. but anyway 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 <laughs> had a great time but um, something happened over some things happened over Juneteenth weekend in this past week that how do I say this sweetheart Shocked the shit out of me. Okay. Um, I didn't download the tweet or screenshot it, but our girl, and I say that very loosely, and we're going, one day we're going to have to have a whole, whole episode dedicated to this person. But Candace Owens said <laughs> that Juneteenth is made up and ghetto. Right. Both of which... Well, one might be true, but the made up part is definitely not true. And I say ghetto in a very familiar neighborhood, uh, uh, segregated way. Like, yes, this is a very black tradition. So if you're attributing all things ghetto to all things black, although mm-hmm. I feel like ghettos came from the Holocaust, but you know. Right. Uh, but if you're attributing all things black to all things ghetto, then I guess I see where you're coming from. And my thing, you know what my problem with Candace Owens is? This is not this is not the Candace Owens episode. But you know what my problem with Candace Owens is? What's up? She talk about black culture so bad. Mm-hmm. But does she not recognize that she is also black culture? She doesn't. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So Candace Owens, okay, that end of the episode. Cool. <laughs> uh, Candace Owens says that Juneteenth is made up and ghetto, uh, and to which I vehemently disagreed, but then I saw a lot of black things on the internet. I don't even know why Candace Owens is involved in this. Can I take Candace Owens out of this conversation? Here we go. I'm take, here you go, Candace. Over here. All right, here we go. Mm. I saw some very interesting examples of respectability politics. That's what I'm getting at right now. Sweetheart. I saw some very interesting examples of respectability politics. And I would think that on the, on the, on the bingo card of most black Americans, we all, not, not the bingo card, but on the trivia card, uh, uh, in your newsletters, in your information packet, the millennial black person recognizes that respectability politics ain't it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the millennial black person knows what respectability politics is, but... <laughs> We all have agreed, at least to a majority agree, that respectability politics ain't it. But yet we see examples of people breaking respectability politics all the time, to which the response is uh, a gasp. Right. I got to get some pearls specifically for the show. 
<laughs> so it's always some clutch pearls when people are actually breaking the traditions of um, what's it called? The uh, 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 respectability politics. So I want to show a couple of videos, and I want to I want to give an example of how three institutions over this past week came face to face with revolutionary tactics, breaking respectability politics, but still found themselves uncomfortable. Let's start it off, sweetheart. Um, this first one. Let's start it off with yeah, the, the death of respectability politics. Let's see what we got first. Here we go. Okay, go. Let's go. You didn't let me get my moment, so I want to say my name is Kadijata Diallo, and I'm graduating today. Hey, I like yes. you snatched the mic out of my head, so today is going to be all about me. Oh, drops the mic. Congratulations. <laughs> the camera lady is my favorite part, <laughs> but our girl, Kadi was graduating from college. In mm -hmm. uh, their ceremony they had, this is the story that I, I've read and looked up for y'all, in their ceremony, whether it's true or not, I don't really give a damn, to be honest <laughs> with you, whether she's telling the truth or not, I don't care. This is just the myth that I'm working with. Uh, there was a two lines at the graduation. This graduation works so that you walk up uh, to the front of your line, you say your name into the mic, the people in the crowd can hear your name, and then you go on stage, you get your diploma, and you go off and get drunk somewhere. That's how graduations work. If you ain't graduated college, that's what you do. Mm. Um, and apparently in this situation, the white woman who was holding the microphone didn't allow Cotty to say her full name, and thus Cotty snatched the mic, as you saw from that, from that woman, uh, uh, declared her name, and then threw the microphone on the ground. Mm -hmm. Now, sweetheart, when I saw this, can I be, can I tell my truth on my show? Yeah. I can tell my truth on the show, right? Yeah. I was uncomfortable. Okay. I think my, not I think, my initial response was, young lady, <laughs> that's not how we acted these. Wait a minute. <laughs> that was the exact thought. <laughs> yeah. That's not how we act at these. Wait a minute. Hold on. Who declared the decorum for the graduation ceremony? Mm-hmm. And how much would you bet that it wasn't, it hasn't thrived on a black tradition. It might have come from a black tradition. If somebody caught on the chat right now and said graduation robes came from Africa, I'd be like, you know what? I believe you. Because <laughs> like Dr. Karen Hunter said, uh, uh, we created the universe. And y'all in here bitching about movie characters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we created the universe. But actually. <laughs> uh, but we in here complaining about movie characters. So, um, I saw this, was upset for a moment because I saw this young lady breaking the tradition, the decorum of graduations. But when I step back and I think about the system in totality, this young lady was robbed of her name in a moment that was very precious to her, her family, and to her accomplishments, mm -hmm. right? We can have another conversation about how we are centralizing our worth or intelligence or purpose within these institutions. That's not right now. Right now, I got my degree, goddammit. Mm -hmm. so, let me say my name. Because one, I pay for this motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> I pay for this moment. You lucky I don't take the mic with me. What? Um, uh, 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 but like the, I had to step back away from the situation and recognize what was happening. This African woman, this black woman's name was being robbed of her, she had to reclaim that name. How could I, in the conscious of, of great blackness, be like, young lady, you're not supposed to reclaim your name in these situations? No. Mm -hmm. The break of respectability politics is supposed to be uncomfortable. Right. 
there these 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 systems these 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 rules of decorum have been embedded into us you went to your first graduation at four years old you graduated from your first thing at four years old right and at four years old you know what you couldn't do at the graduation you couldn't talk you couldn't give your own speech you couldn't wiggle too much. You couldn't wear your own clothes. You had to sit on stage with your little rolled up piece of paper. Every time, everybody take pictures of you. You've been socialized since you was four. So yes, it is uncomfortable by the time you get to 22 that you hear a black woman screaming on a mic, respect my name. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but get the fuck over it. Get over it. Literally. Build a bridge. Get over it. Because I seen another video of what happened directly after that. You know what happened after that? Did they stop the graduation? Did they pull her degree? Did they strike her name from the record, sweetheart? Did they blow up the school? <laughs> Did they close the college? You know what happened directly after that? They picked up the mic and continued graduation. Right. And they didn't even say anything about it. Was there a front page paper? Uh, was there a headline in the paper? No. <laughs> Did it make the news? No. It made social media. It made her TikTok. <laughs> it went on to her TikTok, in which I'm pretty sure the camera lady, I hope that was her family member. If not, I'm so glad that was a black woman. Congratulations! Uh -huh. We have to be able to step back in these moments and recognize that these people are doing revolutionary actions. Yes, it makes you uncomfortable because we are breaking a system that we have been socialized to follow since we were four damn years old. But in actuality, this woman claiming her name, claiming her space, that's something which she applauding. But when I see niggas in the comments, what they doing in the comments, sweetheart? I'll give you, guess three comments. I'm gonna see if you're right, go ahead. Um, she basically, she has no business doing this. Or, mm, that's one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Like talking about how low class it is or mm -hmm, how, how mm -hmm. ghetto or whatever. L low vibrational, yeah, if you right, will. Right, yeah, yeah. right. Um, and you know this one there about specifically being a woman. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a black this woman that. gotta know her place. Sweetheart, there's a phrase that you said earlier, but we're gonna get to that earlier. We're gonna get to that in a minute as well. Let's get to the next example. Oh, we got some. Oh, go ahead. The next example um, was the Pizza Hut jump. Let's see what we got. Right now we have we are identifying these three moments of breaking respectability politics of those who are just joining us, we are identifying these moments of respectability politics uh, to basically shine light on these institutions who are too afraid to embrace the new blueprint of fuck these respectability politics, right? Let's play the next example. This is where Candace Owens' bitch ass, Candace Owens bitch ass came in. I forgot. <laughs> so in Candace Owens' tweet, she said Juneteenth was ghetto and made up. A lot of individuals took this video from a Juneteenth celebration at Lamert Park and placed it under that comment from Candace Owens, saying that this is an example of black people throwing ass on top of establishments. That's their version of celebration, as if to say throwing ass on top of an establishment is not a celebration. 
tell me you don't understand black culture without saying you don't understand black culture. These next two examples, this one is the easy one, right? Um, uh, as you can see, this young lady is twerking on top of a pizza hut in which somebody said the, the, the worst crime that happened at that pizza hut is them making wings, not yeah. <laughs> twerking on top. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> pizza hut wings are terrible. Mm -hmm. um, young lady is twerking on top and actually she's strolling on top of a pizza hut throwing up the, 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 the Delta Diamond, if you will. Um, and of course, if you know the Deltas like I know the Delta, sweetheart, which is really just old black women. Do you think they appreciated this? No. They sure didn't. Mm -mm. They sure didn't. They sure didn't. There were conversations of probation and 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 uh, probation and termination of charters and uh, putting people back in the cut. You know what I'm saying? Rehazing wow. people, repledging folks because they twerking and throwing the Delta sign on I top of this. I wish somebody would. Huh? I wish somebody would. <laughs> Don't get me started on my fraternity. <laughs> Them niggas can go in the trash. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, I thought this moment was absolutely beautiful. I thought it was a beautiful moment in Lamarck Park, a very black portion of LA. This black woman on top of this establishment throwing Delta into the sky. I thought it was a beautiful representation of a liberated body. But yet the people cannot see beyond the respectability politics of why she up there. It ain't safe. Why she throwing up an organization? That's unclassy. Why is she twerking? Why is everything that's ratchet uh, uh, attributed to, to black culture? And to which I look at this moment and I said, I didn't see nothing ratchet about it. Yeah. I saw, I saw a true celebration. And you know how I know we got progress? You know how I know we've attained at least some uh, monochrome of progress? Find me a nigga in 1963 who was twerking on top of a pizza hut or the, <laughs> or the uh, Ken similar. Find me one. Where is the historical picture from 1899 where there's a nigga twerking on top of a building? <laughs> Show me one. Show me a picture from 1937 when the Deltas was 30 years old <laughs> and they throwing the Dynasty Delta on top of a building. Show it to me. I'm, this is me waiting for the email. <laughs> Because I don't think it exists. Now, Bimo, why would standing on top of a building be indication of uh, progress? Why? Because we got space. It's simple as simple as that. I got space. And I can. Therefore, you're going to get this ass <laughs> and you're going to get this Dynasty Delta on top of this Pizza Hut. Now, the um, uh, 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 um, there is an essential portion of this question that we have already covered, I think, on season two or season three of Wake and Bake with BMO. And that question is, is twerking sexual? Mm -hmm. This is how I know you're not really of black culture. If the only thing that you can see when it comes to twerking is just ass cheeks moving, I think you don't know what twerking is. Yeah. If you don't understand twerking as a cultural connection back to our motherland, I think you've missed the point. If you don't understand twerking as a as a a practice of a liberated body moving in a liberated way that's very exclusive to black bodies, you don't understand black culture. Mm -hmm. If you only think twerking is an invitation to fuck, you've missed the point. You're a little misogynistic, to be honest with you. We've covered that before. Maybe I'll re-release the clip, right? So if twerking is a liberated dance, sweetheart, 
<laughs> it's a setup. If twerking is a liberated dance, if you twerk to reconnect back to your homeland, if you twerk to show that you can do whatever the hell with your body, what you want to do with your body, play the next video. Can I twerk in oppressed places? Watch if you're on Instagram, you just heard it. But the video that we just watched, five black women yeah, twerking on top of the castle at El Elamina. Elamina, which is the place of no return. You know where that door is when they look out into the ocean. This is the last stop that many of our ancestors had before being carried over the transatlantic, which I heard something yesterday uh, while I was at a meeting. Um, uh, when they were doing these transatlantic trips, they estimated there would be a third loss of the enslaved peoples on the boat. So they overpacked the boats. Well, wow. that's not even sweet. That's not even logical. That's just stupid. If you're having trouble getting 200 people across the ocean because they're getting sick and they're not surviving the trip because of overpopulation, overcrowding, right. why would you put more people on the boat? Exactly. Enslaved the colonizers are dumb. That's just not even smart. Mm -mm. You wasting gas money. What are we doing here? Or is it because they didn't think they'd be able to get another another voyage off, so they tried to get as many people as possible? <laughs> Yeah, because they knew what they was doing right, wrong. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we still getting away with this? Right. This crazy. <laughs> Put them all on <laughs> Put them all on the boat. That's just crazy. Um, but these young women were twerking on top of that castle. Now let's play the respectability politics game, right? Is it appropriate to be twerking on such a sacred space? Lady House, what you got to say? What you say? Well, prior, well, I didn't see the video until just now, so it's it's a little bit different in context. But just hearing about it initially, I felt like it was disrespectful to our ancestors, and like it kind of didn't sit right with my spirit. But seeing it, I don't know. I feel like it's 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 all right. <laughs> Why didn't it sit right? Because as with me and the uh, graduation girl, I had to I had to step back and look. But what was that initial reaction, sweetheart? It felt like, although we did achieve liberation, um, it felt like a celebration of something that is so traumatic to our people, mm -hmm. you know? But now that you've seen the video, what about the video was like, oh, this is not what I thought it was. Uh, there was no music playing, and then one of them said, for our ancestors, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was a little solemn. Right, it was right. quiet as hell. Right, right. No one's like, hey, 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 right? Right, yeah. right. Right. So th this is, this to me is the, this is the hardest one to accept. Although when I saw it, I was like, oh, I instantly get it. But mm -hmm. the person who tweeted this was Tariq Nasheed, mm -hmm. who's the leader of the- uh, Foundational Black um, Americans. Right, right, all, yeah. all them folks, which I don't know if I necessarily agree, but I understand the energy in which he's coming from. So now we have looked at three institutions. We have looked at this show as an institution, my, my 
comfortability with old girl at graduation. We have looked at the Deltas, uh, archaic system within blackness and their discomfort with respectability to politics as it pertains to twerking on top of Pizza Hut. And now here we are looking at the leader of the fun foundational black Americans, the yeah. leader of the American the descendants of, uh, of slavery movement, Tariq Nasheed, is looking at three these three individuals and also as an institution saying that he is uncomfortable with these individuals moving their liberated bodies. And I guess, not I guess, and the conclusion to these thoughts are the breaking of respectability politics will be uncomfortable for all of us. Mm -hmm. There is no institution within blackness that will be able to see these see these old standards for which how we carried ourselves broken and not have a personal feeling towards them. Right. Your emotions are validated in that moment. If you see these black women twerking on top of this old slave castle, yeah, your heart should be like, mm, mm. But because that's because we have been uh, uh, conditioned to, to uh, show respect to these things in a way that I think is outside of our own cultural practices. Right. Something that's not even beneficial to each other. When I think about Africana studies and I think about that, sec that second question, who are we to each other? This answers the question. We are liberated bodies. Therefore, when I see these black women twerking on top of this old slave castle, I don't see an invitation to have sex. I don't see just ass cheeks moving for the allure of the male gaze. What I see is liberated bodies moving liberated on top of a liberated space. Later, the house told me right before we got on, the story of that castle itself is a story of liberation. Yeah. That castle was a symbol of colonization until it was until it was freed and made independent by the people of Ghana. Mm -hmm. Don't that sound familiar? <laughs> I saw a comment from these young from these young ladies saying these black women are twerking on top of this castle because that's the only thing they have to offer. And I'm laughing in like poverty because like I ain't never been to Ghana, and <laughs> okay. ain't because I don't want to go. A nigga can't afford it. <laughs> it ain't because I ain't interested. I can't. I ain't got the money to go. So at least these black women have navigated the um, Saki about a house yesterday, and she said there was a whole bunch of hoopla. And to which I told her, navigating hoopla is a revolutionary tactic because they put the hoopla in front of you to distract you from the goal. Mm -hmm. If we could put so many pieces of paperwork in front of this person, we could completely get them away from doing the thing that will liberate themselves. There's a whole bunch of hoopla to go to Ghana, and these black women navigated such hoopla to go and have this liberated moment. And niggas is on Twitter tweeting from Arkansas. That's all they got to offer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we done done black women bad man <laughs> we done done black women wrong that's alright though I see y'all you liberated you're free to me you're a hall of famer in my book <laughs> what we got some comments sweetheart what we got um let's see oh, we got a couple more people on Instagram what's up to the people who, who we got who we got um mask calm guru prod Oh, it's the dude who did the, uh, Shabari. He did the, uh, uh, the best ah. part waking up. <laughs> nice. We got to come back for another commercial, man. It's about that time. Allen Island. Chris Allen. Hey. I'm talking getting out. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we'll. That's my man. He said America got this shit ghetto. Um, Hella ghetto. You know who was shooting the video before the parlor? His ass. Nice. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jossie Cunningham. Jossie, what's up, man? Good morning. Erica Americas. Erica. The real Pac-Man. America. What you say? The real Pac-Man Dre. 
You said, what's, what's up, up Dre? How you feeling, man? Wanderous Queen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Alan, oh, Nadia! <laughs> Allen Island says, cringe as fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. Rodwa, new blueprints. Rodwa! What up, girl? Uh, <laughs> Lauren, little hustler. What up, Lauren? Oh, man, we got the OGs in the house tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, DC Mamacita. You know what that is? No. That's Lisa Brown. She trying to get us in trouble with oh, this hey. cop city in Southeast. That's all right. We yeah. gonna, we've done some investigation. <laughs> We're going to do the comparison. Lauren said, good morning, friends. Good um, morning. Lisa said it would have been it would have to be Josephine Baker in another country. Um, what are we talking about? Name me a time when black. Yeah, it, yeah. exactly. Um, it has to be Josephine and that motherfucking that, that fruit hat. Wow, <laughs> Detroit Rivers. <laughs> hey, good morning. Good morning, ma'am. And he said, "Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning, BMO. What's a slave castle?" <laughs> what a great question. What's a slave castle? That so there's a place in Ghana. I think we've all seen it before with all them rich black folks and influencers. They walk through this space and they look out into the ocean through this door. That's the slave castle. That's the castle at El Amin. El- Elmina. Elmina. There yeah. you go. There we go. It was um, it was created by the Portuguese. Um, it was the I believe the last stop on the Atlantic slave trade, mm-hmm. and then the Dutch took control, and then Ghana finally gained liberation and mm-hmm. they gained control of it in 1957. And yeah, it was originally called the Gold Coast, and yeah. Stuff. So it's been liberated, and yeah. these black women and black folks are visiting this space in a liberated way. Mm-hmm. And we got comments on YouTube. Uh, let's see. Drew says it's how she makes her money, like when she tried to justify something Hitler did, talking about uh, Candace Owens. Stupid. And he said, for the graduation, it wasn't just her. Apparently, that white administrator was being unfair to a lot of black graduates by not letting them speak or have their parents celebrate out loud. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. So you got to take your space. And he said, well, I ain't mad. Well, it's I- uncomfortable, but it should be uncomfortable. Right. She made her uncomfortable. Right. And then he said, when I was in high school, whenever I was announced, they would mispronounce my name in the dumbest ways. One day I got fed up and broke into the office to say my name properly so they don't forget. There you go. It was the best attention I ever earned with the, the fist. <laughs> Brother, I have earned some terrible detentions. Okay. <laughs> I have earned some terrible detentions. Go ahead. Akila says, Grand Rising BMO, Lady of the House, and fellow BMO Knights. What's up? <laughs> what up? Hey, Akila. Akila. Drew says, The only historic picture I can think of is that black person punching a Klan member. <laughs> true. True. In addition to overpacking the boat, if they didn't suffer a third of the loss, they'd throw people over to make an insurance claim and get paid. Now, that's stupid. How are you claiming insurance on... Never mind. How you claiming insurance on slaves? Okay. And then Drew said, in a trip I took to Auschwitz, I saw a Jewish person do some kind of offbeat tribute to represent his people's freedom. The twerking at that castle is the same energy. Yeah. Right. I don't know what I'd do at that castle, but I know it would be some crazy shit. LOL. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. That's all I comments? Oh, and then um, uh-huh. Detroit River says, the gate of no return question mark yeah yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly the gate of no return is in this castle and these black women on are as if they are a flag on top of the castle throwing ass of liberation and we i appreciate it i appreciate it toot toot that thing up <laughs> mommy make it free <laughs> all right y'all we're gonna take a quick break uh before we go on break 
I want to let you know that you can subscribe to the new Blueprint newsletter. Make sure you go to bmobrown.substack.com so you can subscribe to all of the written machinations of this revolutionary as we try to put some real things into practice. Again, I'm telling y'all, like we're having this show, it is entertainment. We are having a good time, but we also want to implement these things into real life. What does it look like? I mean, it's one thing, you know what these other, these other morning shows are just playing. Like they having these conversations in the morning cause they just want to have these conversations and create content and somehow get the attention of Instagram and YouTube and go viral. And somehow that attention will be enough currency to sustain them. That's not what we're doing on the show. What we're doing on the show is actually try to implement these things in real life. So imagine what it would look like if we had a, uh, Oh, if we created like our own Justice League where we defended people who were breaking respectability politics. And every time uh, one of these things went viral, instead of it being thousands and hundreds of bots saying the same thing, which I think these bots are sponsored by the CIA. Uh oh, don't get me cut off the air though. Um, instead of it being hundreds of bots saying the same thing that are negative or not understanding what black culture is, maybe we can step in and be an influential force to help defend the destruction of respectability politics. And that's just like an the, example of what we can do in real life. Like the Johnny Cochran Power Rangers. What do you say? Like the Johnny Cochran Power Rangers. Like the Johnny Cochran Power Rangers, <laughs> an original new blueprint, okay? Can we get the smartest and brightest people together to make these appeals and make these <clears throat> arguments against respectability politics in an intellectual and fun way? I think we can, but the first step is subscribe to the new Blueprint um, newsletter, bmobrown.substack.com. Make sure you get that in. Uh, we have a wonderful music video that we want to show you right here at Intermission. My man, Micah Robinson, featuring wife, not wife, featuring Tashira. <laughs> uh, the animated version will be right back with more. Wake it, wake we be. We got some great surprises at the end of the show, okay? So don't go nowhere. Mo Shababa.
<laughs> welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Who Wake and Make We Be? Wake and Make We Be? Wake and Make We Be? Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, we are back with another episode. We just finished a conversation about possibly creating a Justice League of Defenders for the destruction, the destructors of respectability politics. So we want to give a shout out to the Delta who was throwing the Delta sign on top of uh, Pizza Hut during Juneteenth. We want to give a shout out to Kadi, the black woman who slammed the mic down on the ground during graduation. And a special shout out to the five black women who I think were in power regular colors twerking <laughs> on top of the castle at El Mina. I said it right? Yeah. Okay, man, you know I'm bad with names, even my own. Uh, we have another <clears throat> interesting topic we want to talk about this morning. Uh, but before we get there, I hope you enjoyed that video by Michael Robinson featuring Tashira. We got some more people in the house, too. We got some more people in the house. Who yeah. we got in the house? We got Jesse Gone Rogue. Who's that in? Jesse Gone Rogue. Oh, yeah. You met her yes, uh, at, the, at, the, uh, at the Emmys. That's Jessica. She was with Shane. Oh, nice. What up, Jess? Hey. Good morning. And, um, How we feeling? Troy. He's like, Troy! What up, boy? <laughs> uh, Lauren said, I'm doing a whole dance routine in that castle. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, let's get it together. Right. And then we got Sydney, MCG. Sid! Yeah. Hey. What up, girl? And on Facebook, we got... That's Dr. McGuire, excuse hey, me. Oh, Dr. Sorry. McGuire. Doctor, <laughs> Dr. McGuire. <laughs> on Facebook, we got Karen Kalu. Kalu? Karan. Karan. Sorry. Hold on. My apologies. Hold on, hold on. What's up? You remember the story I told you about I went to the other... Um, I went to the other Boys and Girls Club and they hired another <laughs> Mr. Brown. Yeah. This is the man who hired the other oh. Mr. Brown. <laughs> what's up? What's up, Karan? How we feeling, man? <laughs> we feeling good? Yeah, I done talked about you several times, player. <laughs> when, um, when we, uh, when we, you know, when they start making the documentary, sweetheart, mm -hmm. this is a very arrogant thing to say, but when they start making the documentary about the life of BMO and our progress as, as the new Blue Brand and the, the new Blame Brain Trust, I want them to, I want them to interview all my old bosses. I really do. I want them to interview each one of my old supervisors because they have all said something to me the same. You might be too big for this insert organization. Yeah. I don't know if you fit here in this organization. And they were right. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the show. Uh, we got any other people in the house? What's up, Karan? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> Boy, I ain't heard from Karan in a minute, man. Good to see you. Good to see your name in the place, man. Good to see your name in the place. And make sure you tell the other people on Facebook to check me out. Good vibe right? tribe says, I think I ran into you when that happened and you told me about the situation. <laughs> Sweetheart. Look, man, it was a time. <laughs> it was a time. I'm not going to embarrass Karan this morning. That's all right, though. He's not embarrassed. He made a decision. He made a good choice. Um, all right, we have a... Uh... <laughs> he says, you're still a fan. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um, all right, this next conversation, um, I want to have this conversation. There is an artist that I follow on Instagram who I'm actually a very big fan of his work. I have a sweatshirt of his, and I have a couple of prints of his. His name is X Payne. He does a a very animated version of, um, you know, popular black art. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in his own style. So whenever I see an X pain piece, I'm like, oh, that's definitely him. Mm-hmm. I recognize him. Uh, and although he's doing popular art, which if you look into the art scene, you know, I've been talking to a couple of curators, looking to the art scene, the pop art scene has always been as complicated for uh, academics of visual art as like pop is for musicians, mm-hmm. right? We throw these things into these general categories for what we find to be acceptable, but in actuality, some of these things require low skill, don't like they speak to the to the most of us and not the nuance of us they're speaking to a general audience what we can read is white uh it is more for the benefit of finance than it is for the execution of art the same way that you think about pop music is the same way that you can apply you can copy and paste that mindset to pop art now some of you niggas and some of you niggas includes me couldn't tell pop art from from a can of paint and i mean that literally you see a can of paint from Andy Warhol, he'd be like, that's not pop art, but that's pop art. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so uh, my man X-Pain put up a, a, an interesting image and then had a caption to go along with it. Sweetheart, if you could put up that image. And this image is, uh, for those of you who can't see or those who are unable to see or if you're listening to the podcast, this image is... It is Basquiat who was sitting in a two-story building. He is pouring blue paint, Tiffany-colored paint, <laughs> over Jay-Z, and uh, which some of it is splashing on to Beyonce. Now, if you didn't know any better, you would look at this picture and be like, why is Jay-Z pouring paint on his own head? Because uh, <laughs> some people don't even know that Jay-Z is cosplaying motherfucking Basquiat. Right, right. <laughs> uh, But the caption of which... Uh, threw my man's page into a frenzy so much that for the first time I've seen him actually like disable the comments to a post. Wow. But read that, read that caption, sweetheart, because this actually it unlocks something in my head, and I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about what are we supposed to do with niggas with money, and I want to go back to something I think went over the people's head, which is aesthetic distinction theory. Go ahead, sweetheart. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna light this blunt while you're talking too. That cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sean Carter is exactly the kind of art buyer Basquiat would have poured paint on. A thing he was documented to have done. I've said this before. Buying art as an investment is like going to church so that you so that you can go to heaven. You are missing the point and let's say flattening. Yeah. Flattening a whole emotional experience into a simple transaction. It's kind of gross if you think about it. Anyone notice how there's been no news on NFTs in a while? Also, Jean-Michel said, give him back his hair and style. You're whack for stealing it. Beyonce is implicated in all of this. Oh, gotta <laughs> right. get Beyonce in there, right. too. Gotta get Beyonce in there. The age of the black celebrity celebrity capitalist leader needs to end today. All my heroes are hoteps. I still... <laughs> oh. <laughs> so a couple of things have been brought up here, right? The most interesting of which I think is the... Uh, Buying art as an investment is like going to church and thinking you're going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I am, as you get, we haven't talked about it, but the new background of the show is actually my first exhibit. Mm-hmm. I stuck my foot 
into the curation game. Supported an artist, Jada Imani M. Jada, if you're there, what up, girl? Hey, we gotta hey. have lunch or something, man. It's been actually, it's been a minute. She getting married, huh? She getting married. Yeah, she is getting married. <laughs> I gotta secure that invitation. We gotta go to lunch, Jada. We gotta do something, man. We gotta do something. But I supported an artist, and let me just say, by supporting an artist, I mean this work, and I say this unabashedly. This work is 99% Jada. Yeah. The things that you see is 90, 99.9% Jada. Mm -hmm. I'm the 0.1%. And it's not essential. Jada could have found another person. She could have printed the shit herself. She could have got her own gallery. She could have marketed the prices. She could have been shopping. Like, I'm not essential. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that because that's part of the conversation. Not to downplay my purpose. But we did this. We made these pieces. Lady of the House actually helped with the curation of these pieces by putting some live edges on there. We created these pieces. We were trying to sell each of these pieces for about two grand. Maybe I'm a bad curator, but this is how it works in my head. Maybe I'm just bad at this, right? If I have this piece and I sell it for $2,000 mm -hmm. and I sell it to Jay-Z mm -hmm. and Jay-Z puts it up in his museum and puts it up at his show and somehow the worth now is $2 million. Mm -hmm. Um... Um, unless I'm doing this thing wrong, I don't think I see part of that $2 million, do I? No. And so here's what, this is where I agree with my man X Payne. I didn't support Jada. I don't think Jada made these images for the purpose of capital. Right. The name of this exhibition was Death to uh, Death to Assimilation. We made T-shirts. We made press releases, essentially to get the word out there that this era of assimilating to your work environment is over. And here is an artistic expression of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. We have these. We have a wonderful young lady right here and a wonderful young person right here. Two different examples of how assimilation has to die in the workplace or in the formal place in order for us to be liberated. To go back to our respectability politics, it makes sense that we have death to assimilation right here as we talk about the death to respectability politics. <clears throat> and the reason why I, I, I'm agreeing is because like, I don't think John Basquiat, Michael John Basquiat created, I say his name right? Jean Michael? Jean Michel. Yeah. Jesus with these names. <laughs> I don't think Basquiat created these pieces with the intention of creating popular art that could be invested to make millions and he would be the most, he would have the most valuable piece of art on the planet. Mm -hmm. Which is why he was pouring paint onto uh, collectors and art investors. So that brings me to the question of like, what is the purpose of art? Yeah. Go to my go to my uh, uh, aesthetic distinction theory and read that aloud for me. You can always double click the okay. The I was like Ooh. no in the in the sources under oh definition. There yeah. we go. Okay, the capacity for aesthetic appreciation placing form over function is a disposition afforded affordable by individuals who have lifted themselves above the imperatives of necessity and survival. Is celebrated as a sign of that deliverance. The aesthetic disposition functions as a base for the fabrication and exploitation of countless social distinctions, right. separating the cognoscenti from the benighted. That's right. So, essentially, with this, I've been reading this um, this book, 
as um, recommended by the good folks over at Narrative and Nubia, Dr. Carr rep uh, recommended this book as I'm looking into something else, but it's called The Mask of Art, Breaking the Aesthetic Contract in Film and Literature. And at the very beginning of this book, you can take the quote down, at the okay. very beginning of this book, uh, it goes through a history of art history. How do we get to the point where we appreciate the things that we appreciate? And this quote comes up, right? This quote basically says that for the people who are oppressed, art has no purpose outside of function. Mm -hmm. If you are oppressed, you don't have art simply for the sake of art. And if you think about it, if you think about colonized people, that makes sense. We don't make things for the sense of just making things. These things have purpose. Yeah. You tie it back to W.E.B. Du Bois said, I don't want art if it's not propaganda. Uh, and at the same time, there has been an institution created that says that art for the pure sake of form is more valuable than art for the pure sake of function, which is why you get a a portrait, you get a portrait, you get a Van Gogh landscape is more valuable than a fork from the Gold Coast, yeah. right? Because they would say the fork was function, that's not art. They would say that Van Gogh was appreciating his surroundings and <laughs> put it onto canvas with oil paints and a nice frame inside of a well-developed institution. They would say that that's art. Mm -hmm. You and I can decide if that's bullshit or not. That's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is people buy art. Let me not even get to people. It is my thought that Jay-Z is buying art as an investment. Right. Meaning that his art has no function other than making money. He is buying art for its form mm -hmm. and then using that form as function. Right. I don't think that is Basquiat's original intention. Not saying that he has to follow Basquiat's original intention, but I don't think that is the uh, I don't think that is the case. But the second half of the quote is the thing where I think you and I should be pissed off because essentially what Jay-Z is telling us, I know better, you don't. Right. I'm enlightened, I'm free, I'm distant from oppression, you're not. And the reason why you can't understand why I'm buying this $10 million piece of art from this black artist, although his estate is not seeing one piece of it, the reason why that I'm doing this and you're not doing this is because I'm free from something and you're not. Mm -hmm. Which leads back to the question that I've had in season three, back to the question I had in season two, back to the question I have now. What are we supposed to do with niggas with money? <laughs> what, am I supposed to be proud that Jay-Z is buying all the Basquiat's? I'm supposed to be proud that it will lay in his own private collection, he'll give it to his kids, and I'll never see the strokes of Basquiat myself? Right. I'm supposed to be proud of that? Why? Right. So no, I'm with the I'm with the friends of Basquiat, who is the people who own part of his estate. They said when um, uh, when Jay Z and 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 Beyonce did that Tiffany commercial with the Basquiat image in the background, they said they were pissed off, and that Basquiat himself would have been pissed off, although he was connected to luxury. That shit didn't impress him. Yeah. I'm with X Payne. I think Basquiat would have thrown paint on these niggas. But you know what's the more interesting point though? There are three people now I want to talk to. 
I want to talk to Rachel Dozal. <laughs> I want to talk to Candace Owens, and I want to talk to Jay Z specifically to ask them the hard questions. And the hard question for Jay Z, I would have to ask him is like, what's your response to that? Yeah. What's your response to people who were close to Boscat when he was alive, telling me, telling them and you that he wouldn't fuck what you're doing? Yeah. Would you give me that same bullshit about capitalism being the new N-word? Like, oh, I can't I can't get money. I can't do this <laughs> and this. Like, oh, you're trying to oppress me. Would you give me that bullshit? Or would you actually ingest what he's saying? Right. Investigate your own practice. I don't know. I don't know, sweetheart. I don't, mm, I don't know, ma'am. I don't know. I get, because I'm a progressionist, I guess, I guess, Jay-Z owning them is better than just institutions in Britain owning them like they own fucking colonized pieces from Africa in the 1500s. I guess it's better than that. I guess it's a step forward, but it's still a question we need to ask. What am I supposed to do with that? What am I... Right. <laughs> but you're not, I'm not proud. I'm not putting you on the board game. You know what I mean? I'm not making that a black history trivia question. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's just my thoughts. What are your thoughts, Weyot? I mean, I'm I'm definitely with you on that, but I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, because um, when we talked about this last night, we were kind of on opposite sides of the situation. We were a little bit. How so? Uh, I think you were saying that you like you get art as an investment, and you understand it. Or am I conflating that conversation I had with Yogi? Maybe so. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, because I, I was with you. Um, I think the point I made was, let's say he buys it for $2 million or whatever and then sells it to a private museum or private collector mm -hmm. for $20 million. Mm -hmm. Could there be a contingency plan or some type of contract where the estate of Basquiat makes 10 20% on that sale? That's That was my thing. But, like, yeah, I, I definitely agree with your sentiment. I wonder I wonder if that's already a thing. Yeah. And if so, I'd love to hear more about it. If there's like an uh, if there's like a a state bounce back or payback or yeah. cashback <laughs> mm -hmm. every time the thing is sold, uh uh which is you know what's crazy? I wonder if that's actually a thing. If there are actually curators on the line, please tell me. I might have to hit up Claudia and ask her if that's actually a thing, if there's like a rebate situation. Yeah. Because that was the benefit to NFTs, though. The benefit to NFT is that I could create an original piece of art. I could sell it to you, and every time that you sell it, I get a piece as well. Oh really? I didn't know that. And part. because because it was connected through the blockchain, it would be like very difficult to separate uh separate me from my ownership. Oh, okay. So I wonder if that already exists and if not, I wonder why NFTs aren't still a thing. <laughs> Are NFTs not a thing because we still think they stupid? It kind of feels like an incomplete idea almost. Because, like, how are you owning a digital piece of art? Anybody, you know, anybody can. <laughs> anybody can it, own it. Right. right. Okay. Okay. How is that different from you and I can go on the internet and copy a, a Basquiat right now? It's not. 
It's just it wouldn't be an original. But what is an original digital art, I guess, is what you... It's... Exactly, right. You know what, sweetheart? Maybe it is incomplete. And maybe it's incomplete because there's no art in it yet. Right. There is no function. Mm. It is only form. I wonder... Well... I was actually watching a YouTube video yesterday yeah, talk and to me. they were talking about um some of like the most popular memes where where they where they were then and now that whole thing. Yeah. And three of them sold as NFTs. Two were for like a little over four hundred thousand dollars. Right. And one was like seven hundred thousand dollars. All to the same guy. And he removed one of the videos off the internet completely. So right. Right. I guess you could do that if you right. own it. I guess so, and right. And also you could lease it. Like you could also mm -hmm. sell it to ESPN for a commercial or use it as a gift spot in somebody's pitch deck. You could put it up. You could sell it anywhere, honestly. It's yours. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Interesting. I wonder what happens when black folks catch on the NFTs for real, for real. Yeah. When we start like the... Mm, 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 mm. I'm not gonna say the idea out loud, but we've had this conversation before. Lipstick Alley is only one piece away from actually being a completely Web 3.0 situation. That's another conversation. I don't even understand how we got there. Yeah. Damn, oh, I had it Lord. right next to me the whole time. Oh Lord. Hey. Now we good. Um. But yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to do with these niggas with money, and I don't know what we're supposed to do with the collection of art for the collection of art's sake, so that you can have individualistic success I don't know if I understand we got any comments we got oh yeah I was trying to scroll over here on Instagram we got a couple more people that joined uh -huh. who we got uh Carl C Scott Carl ethos decorum you said who now ethos decorum what up man that's uh my man uh is that cactus jack uh Go ahead. Uh, one duffel. You said one duffel? Yeah. Oh, that's my man Dev Duff. What hey, up, baby? What hey. up, Dev? Hey. Um, Carl said Jay would have been cool with Basquiat. Jay would have been cool with Basquiat. Would Basquiat be cool with Jay? Right. That's the question. Right. Um, N-I-Y-C-1. N-I-Y-C. I don't know that person. Okay. Uh, John. Hey, what's up? What up, John? John, John? Yeah. What up, John? A distinctive taste and Sankofa. Sankofa? Yeah, Sankofa, D.C. Hey, what's up, Sankofa? Hey. <laughs> Good morning. We liberated. We up. We got comments on YouTube. Uh, what comments we got? Who we got from the people? Damn, I can't see the... Hey, make sure y'all go to Sankofa. Maybe Sankofa should sponsor us. We do got all these books here. You know what I'm saying? You got Can I say a piece about Sankofa real fast? Go ahead. Since you joined on, can I say a piece about Sankofa real fast? Sometimes, you know what? This is actually my. This is actually a comment about the whole diaspora, and we haven't had a we haven't had this conversation yet. And now that it's post Juneteenth, maybe it's the appropriate time. Sometimes when I go into the diaspora or into the Sankofa, I feel like my kind of black is frowned upon. Now that might not be true. That might be a projection that I have of myself against and against a truly liberated space. But I sometimes I feel like the Jordan wearing 
basketball appreciative AAVE Real Housewives of Atlanta Black is frowned upon not just the Sankofa, I'm gonna divorce y'all from that, but in the diaspora in general. It's kind of like we like look down upon, like we lesser than everybody else. Does that make sense? That's interesting. Is that just me? Like when I get into, and I, not one time, let me say this out loud, not one time have I walked into Sankofa and a nigga said, uh, Hey man, you regular black, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> hey man, you from Mississippi, get out of here. <laughs> now, one time is somebody from Sankofa said that to me. So I don't want to say that. But when I walk into um, these African-centric places, so I just, and you know what? It's probably me. It's probably me. That's that white in me. That's my bad. Um, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not appreciated. I think. Uh, not appreciate I don't know I can't even think of the word maybe like you don't feel seen yeah okay I look yeah I don't feel seen I don't feel seen maybe we I've seen a, a comment before it, it closed off maybe we should do a live at Sankofa you I know got, what I mean I got him pulled up on my phone okay for sure okay um who's we talking about we just oh the people's in the house yeah. but what up Sankofa I would love to do that conversation you know what I mean I'm smart I read books I'm black See, I got I got one I got one and you know what's crazy all my books come from Sankofa right I think y'all gonna have to put in I'm playing <laughs> y'all put five on it or something man <laughs> alright so Drew said did you see that video of that man that punched a black mama at a hot dog joint and her son shot him on video no no I did not uh, good vibe track. I've heard, I've heard it. Like I've heard it. And they, the, the charges are dropped, and you know what I'm saying somebody slapped somebody, mom, and yeah, I seen it, but I didn't want to see nobody getting shot. Right. Good vibe tribe says the only thing Jay Z is free from is accountability. Oh shit. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what though? Uh, good vibe tribe. I gotta disagree with you. Jay Z was held accountable and quite possibly the most entertaining way possible. Do we do we not remember Lemonade? What? <laughs> Akilah says, hmm, maybe stop supporting said artist so they can spin so they can spin so wild. <clears throat> well, what'd you say? I was laughing at Jay-Z still. What'd you oh, say? Oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, we saw you in that elevator. We seen it. We all seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, not the little sister whoop your ass. That's crazy. <laughs> little leg ass nigga. What you about to say? Akila said, hmm, maybe stop supporting said artist so they can spin so wild. Hey, see, that's nothing I can do about that. He already got it. Jay-Z's oh. money is so far removed from the spending public, it wouldn't even matter. We could all stop spending and supporting Jay-Z right now just like he lost $45. Yeah. Uh, Drew says, art as an investment is real, but you should at least buy art you genuinely like. I think for Jay-Z, he's set in capitalistic ways and only sees what generates reven revenue and not purpose. You know what, though, sweetheart? 
that would be if I would propose a solution to Sir Carter, not that he's looking for one, not that he cares about what we feel about his view on art, but I think the, what are you doing with it? Like, is it, is it, if it's literally, if it's sitting in your house, like it's sitting in my house, boy, you about as broke as me. That's all I'm gonna say. That's not all I'm gonna say. That's what I'm gonna say though. That's what I'm gonna say. I am trying hard to get this art about this house. I love it, but this joint should be somewhere else. Yeah. So if you doing what I'm doing, and I love me some me, I'm doing the best I can with what I got. What you doing? What a Jay Z, uh, uh, what a museum? What a public viewing hour was at? <laughs> Is there a smaller artist that you hung up next to Basquiat to be like, hey, this nigga of the same worth? Right. Are you spreading it in that situation? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. What are we supposed to do with these niggas with money, man? What are the comments we got so y'all? He also says, NFTs aren't a thing because I can right click, save art, and not buy it. Right. <laughs> uh, Who's it, the good vibe drive? No, Drew. Drew, what if your set was an NFT, though? I had an idea during the NFT times where we would release the, the cassettes as NFTs, too. Okay. Or the magazines would be NFTs. I might revisit that because of the next comment. What's the next comment? Good Vibe Trap says, Jay is the ringleader and icon of rappers who only care about their own finances. He is the problem. Okay, that wasn't the comment. That was the next comment after that. NFT's not ready yet. That one. You're not ready yet. It's like QR codes. Came out 10 years too early. They were talking about that in my meeting yesterday. One of the guys was like, okay, um, they have a QR code on the phone, but if I take a screen, or what was he saying? Like, take a screenshot of, basically there's somewhere you can't click on the QR code. I can't remember what exactly, or like it was a video. I don't know, but it made sense. <laughs> we were like, yeah, right. You'd have to, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was like, yeah, there's no way to click on the QR code this way. I, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. You talking about 10 years ago? No, like now. Oh, okay. Um, what other comments we got? Um, Drew says, original digital art is the code, not the actual image. You can say you have something, but no one cares. Mm-hmm. Good Vibe Tribe says, exactly, BMO, the function of M NFTs to the regular black people is still developing. Yeah, that's what it's got to be. It's like waiting to these, waiting to these sim modders start releasing their mods as NFTs. I don't know about that. <laughs> Why not? Because then that, that means only like one person can use it. Yeah. There's like under the, correct me if I'm wrong, you, uh, you the sim, the, the sim in the house. Aren't there other public spaces to take your sims? Public? Nah, not really. Like you can't go kick it with somebody else's sim? No. So it's still, it's still a closed yeah, it's a closed world. Right yeah. The, the most you can do is like download your friends in real lives or people you know, whatever. Download other people's like creations on the, what is it? It's called Origin. Like the thing is Origin. But So if I had a sim, 
you could download me yeah, or right. one of my characters. Yeah, right. That's but how you, you do it. But you'd have to like put it up there. Yeah. So they're not all automatically. Yeah. But, okay. The models wouldn't be able to do that, but EA would have to do that. Like, oh, I have to open up a system in which you could buy a specific pair of clothes for you and you only. Mm, right. That's an NFT. Okay. It might be worth 10 cents. Pass me a lighter. You might not be able to sell it for a damn, but like, let's say you become popular. Yeah. Let's say you become Jay Z, <laughs> and now your little digital shirt that was ten cent is worth ten dollars. <laughs> um, Good vibe tribe says I can't think about Jay Z without him being the blackface next to the capitalist agenda between that Net Stadium and NFL protest. A lot of questionable things about Jay Z. A lot of questionable things. I can see that though, but you know what time it is, sweetheart. It's up. It's time for the. Okay, so how do we become good purveyors of art? Like, what do we what do we do with art? Oh Lord! <laughs> what do we do with art? What a question! I think Q was on here one time, and he said. Uh, there's a thing that we do with art where we like put it in this category as art mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily put it in the category as like education or communication or language that is just like this thing that we look at. But reading this book about the development of the aesthetic as a philosophy, what we look at and how we value that thing is very intrinsic to the development of who we are as a person, okay. development of our ideologies and how we execute our thoughts in the world can very well be tied back to the art that we look at. We about mm -hmm. to develop something. We were talking about on a, on a dirty magazine. Is like, how did you learn how to be intimate? How did you learn how to kiss? Did you watch other people kiss, or did you watch movies with people kissing in them? Yeah. How did you learn what romance was? Did you watch your parents go on romantic dates, or did you see the romance contest on the Huxtable Show? Yeah was more likely. It's more likely that you were affected by art than you were affected by diverse and real life experiences. What do we do with art? I think the first thing we do with art is we take it fucking seriously. Yeah. That the art itself is communication. The art itself is education. It should be available to a certain degree as a tool or a resource for the liberation of us all. I think so. According to um uh, the aesthetic distinction theory, they think so as well. In order to truly appreciate the form of art, before we even get to the form, we are still dealing with function. How does this free us? Yeah. And if it's just sitting in your living room, I don't know. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, but at the same time, ain't no rules of liberation. So like, if that nigga just want to hold this shit in his in his house, I mean, I guess, bruh. <laughs> I guess, man. Whatever. I think you could be doing more, but you know what? I also not a billionaire, so who knows? He knows. Come on, man. Uh, he could do better. What's up, sweetheart? Nothing. 
Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, though? What do you think we should be doing with art? It I should... think Jay-Z would be pissed if somebody was doing this to him, though. What? If somebody was taking his art right. and flipping it for billions of dollars, millions of dollars, mm -hmm. I think he'd be pissed. Right. I think he would do everything to stop it, actually. And that's the capitalism. Hmm. With that thought in mind, I'm thinking like, should art be just available and accessible to all, like in every form? I mean, it is, ain't it? No. Okay. I was at a um, I was at a gallery about a year ago, and they had licensed. They had obtained a license from the estate of, I forgot the artist though, there's some dude, but he did already. Uh, I recognized his pieces. They had uh, got a license from the estate to do some prints of their own and show them. They couldn't sell them, but they could show them. Okay. So that's possible. Now I'm pretty sure that cost them 20, 30 bands, something like that. But like, it's, it's possible. What I, I don't see people doing it though. Right. And to get on Jay-Z's ass again, he could. He could very well open up a pop-up private museum full of Basquiat's so that people could see of his own shit. He could do that. He could send it out to some collectors or some museums. I don't know if he does that already. I'm just speaking out my ass. But if he's not doing those things, that's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. Have your things. I get it. You can have your things, but like, damn, bruh. That's all. You guys got any comments? Drew said he'd only be pissed if he didn't get paid for it. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I'm pretty sure what is happening with him right now, but in, this, in these damn boss guys, but I'm really talking down my ass now, which means it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, but before we go, before I let you go, we do have a new outro today. My man, Jordan, my man, Detroit Rivers, my man, Good Vibe Tribe, new supporter of the show, has a video out right now. Make sure you go check him out on all those things that I just said just now. Detroit Rivers, Good Vibe Tribe, new video right now. Check out the music video, I mean the lyric video for his new single. We'll be back on Thursday. Jordan, definitely drop all the resources. Tell the people where they can find you in the chat. Tell the people about the situation. I want to hear about it on Thursday when we come back. I want to hear your thoughts on the song. As always, you can always check us out immediately on YouTube, on Twitter. Um, and then the, the podcast will be out later today. We were tripping last week with the audio. Could y'all hear the Lady House this morning? Everybody heard the Lady House? I mean, it's, it's wild that I asked it at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> can the people hear the Lady of the House? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna leave you with my man good vibe tribe we'll see y'all on thursday good morning hold on tight let this feeling slip away oh. it's the air. happy feelings break your beverly and may don't be amazed find yourself learn your joys and pain live your voice and sing the sounds of your heart don't you worry about a thing and don't forget your lyrics this is a reminder of joy every time you hear it Everybody's joy, now you can wear it. Contagious, won't you share it? Let love lose, don't fear it.
bridges that black boy joy. Black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. And black boy joy through all the pain. And black boy joy. My bad. Let's try this one more time. <laughs> my bad. Uh, we're gonna leave y'all with the. Uh, we're gonna leave y'all with my good man, Jordan Detroit Rivers. Got a new single called Black Boy Joy. Checking out the lyric video right now. I want y'all to give me y'all thoughts in the comments. Stick around. Give him a like, share, like, subscribe. Do all those things. We'll see y'all on Thursday, sweetheart. Let's leave him with the song for real this time, okay? We just left him with the image, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's leave him with the song, okay? It's a good bop. I'm ready to rap. I'm going to rap along. You ready? Let's rap along. <laughs> Let's go. Hold on tight. Don't let this feeling slip away. Oh. It's city yeah, happy, happy feelings. Break a Beverly and make Don't, don't be amazed. Man. Find yourself. Learn your joice and play. Live your voice and sing. Your voice. The sounds in your heart. Don't you worry about the thing. And don't forget your lyrics. This is a reminder of joy. Every time you hear it. Just know that you're this joy. Smile. You can wear it. Contagious. Won't you share it? Wow.